Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. So for this episode, I am going to be talking about why I left ABA therapy. I used to be an ABA therapist. If you don't know what ABA stands for, it stands for Applied Behavior Analysis. And basically what I was doing with that is I was providing behavioral treatment to children with autism from ages 2 through even 23. So even some adults that I was doing. 23 was my oldest client. And yeah, it was a lot. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to talk a little bit more about why I chose to leave this industry I left it in 2018. If you are a BCBA uh, program supervisor or an RBT, which stands for Registered Behavior Technician, honestly, you will probably be offended by this podcast episode. And I'm not sorry about it because I think ABA is very abusive and I think y'all should be ashamed of yourselves for contributing to such a damaging, damaging practice. So I'm going to explain my point of view and my argument. I know many people in this field will probably attack me and let them do what they want. I personally don't agree with ABA. I'm kind of embarrassed and ashamed that I contributed to this practice but I'll be honest I didn't know better when I first joined I truly thought that I was doing something that was actually going to help children and turns out that it's not the case there were children who were very upset when I would try to help them and it was their way of them communicating I don't like this So I'm going to start off by talking about how did I even get into ABA in the first place. So this was my first job out of grad school. My first big girl job, I should say. And it was the only job that gave me an offer. And it was in San Francisco. And I was so desperate to move to San Francisco. And when I found out that I got a job in San Francisco, I immediately packed up my bags, took my cat, booked a flight, did everything that I needed to do, looked for an apartment, and I moved to San Francisco. Super excited to start my first big girl job doing something in a helping professional field, thinking that I was using my master's degree in some capacity. But little did I know, (laughs) I was in for a really rude awakening and This job was absolutely not what I thought it was going to be. And I did this for over two years, y'all. Holy crap. So my first two weeks was basically training. And I was actually working from home pretty much for the time being. So all the training was done virtually and online. I was meeting different program supervisors and BCBAs who were conducting training and helping me learn all the basics and all the interventions and practices that I needed to learn in order to successfully 
become a behavior technician. I think one of the worst things about ABA agencies is that they will literally hire anybody. As long as you are not convicted of um, little trigger warning, predatory offenses and pedophilia, you'll probably get hired. They literally will hire anybody who pretty much has a high school degree or a GED. And as long as you sound interested in this field, you present yourself well in the interview process, you'll probably get hired. And I find that to be very, very concerning because ABA agencies should have higher standards for who they hire. I think they should hire people who at least have a bachelor's degree, maybe even a master's degree. A lot of college students use registered behavior technician jobs as a part-time job while they're in school. And I personally don't think even college students should be a BT unless if they've graduated or if they're doing some sort of like internship program. You get what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that I do not agree with the hiring process when it comes to being a behavior technician. They literally will hire anybody who applies. And as long as you seem interested in this, you have some knowledge with children, whatever the case is, and I can guarantee you, you'll probably get hired. It's really not that selective. So that's like the first concern that I have with this. But I truly didn't know that at the time. I genuinely thought I was special, that I was good enough to work at this company. I was so excited that I got picked. And I really enjoyed the training. I, again, thought this was going to be a really fun job. I was going to be working with kids who have autism and I was going to be learning a brand new field because to be honest, I had never really interacted with many kids who have autism and I really didn't have much experience working with children in general and I really do like kids and I thought this would be a really fun job. I would get to play with kids, teach them some cool new things, help them become more independent and learn different skills so they could again be more independent but little did I know what I was doing or what I thought was helping children become more independent was really trying to change the way a child was and I will get a little bit more into some of the horrible practices that I sadly contributed to in just a little bit but again I didn't do my research on this at all and I'm really embarrassed about it because I just wanted a job I was just so desperate to move to San Francisco and I did this the way that I shouldn't have done it another thing that I don't like about being in the ABA industry especially when you're BT is that BTs are super fucking underappreciated And you are also severely underpaid for the work that you do. And for someone who was working in the Bay Area, the pay was pretty atrocious. Everyone kept saying, oh, this ABA agency actually is one of the highest paying agencies 
in the Bay Area and I call bullshit. I felt like what I was making was incredibly insulting and it was impossible to get full time hours. And it was frustrating because I needed to work full time hours in order to survive and live in San Francisco. It is the most expensive city in the U.S., I can't work off part-time hours, and I certainly was not going to take up another part-time job. So I demanded from scheduling to give me as many hours as possible because I wanted to live in San Francisco. I wanted to be able to survive. It was my dream to live there, and I cannot believe how I was trapped in this job for so long. And this job is basically the sole reason as to why I am in a shit ton of debt that I am today that I am still paying off that's not the point but I'm trying to like figure out like where to even start but I just remember I like I said I was excited to start I think one of my first clients was in San Francisco and turns out that family ended up not wanting to work with me when they found out that I was too new to the company Um, and then I got assigned another client in San Francisco I got assigned to And then I got assigned one in Pacifica and another one, I believe it was in Daly City, I want to say. So it was kind of like all over the Bay Area, mostly within the San Francisco region, which also included Pacifica, Daly City, San Bruno, you know, those suburb cities outside of SF. I wish I had more clients in San Francisco, but I ended up getting a lot of clients within the suburbs and I did have my car at the time so I was responsible for driving to all of the clients sites whether it was homes schools daycares wherever it was I had to drive to it and let me tell you it got very exhausting now the company did reimburse me for gas but It was exhausting and I hated driving down there all the time, tracking my mileage, calculating the time it took for me to drive there because I was paid to also drive between clients. So I was also paid minimum wage for drive time. I was paid my clinical rate and then if a client canceled, I could take the option of losing hours trying to get a subsession, which were the worst, by the way, or going into the office and making materials for BCVAs. And if you went to the office, then you would get paid 75% of your hourly rate, which I felt was BS in my opinion. So there were a couple of ways you could get paid, but you were only going to get your actual amount if you were providing services. I personally didn't find that to be very fair, but it is what it is. So having clients cancel on you was the worst thing. And it happened to me a lot, actually. And I was asked to do subsessions. And because I was so desperate for money, I needed the hours. I took the subsessions and I was hating my life because I would always get subsessions with some of the most difficult children to work with. They had a lot more needs than a lot of my other clients. And some of the sessions just weren't enjoyable because I didn't know anything about the client. 
and I didn't really know how to help the client. I felt very useless. And usually it's our responsibility to reach out to the BCBA or the program supervisor who is in charge of that client and they can tell you everything that you need to know um, when it comes to subbing. And I recommend you do that. Otherwise, sub sessions are going to be absolutely dreadful. I've, I've had some awesome sub sessions and then there are some kiddos that I just simply was not happy working with. They just were not fun to work with. And it was challenging. My job was hard, sometimes dangerous. These kids could get really abusive and aggressive towards the BT. There were times where I had kids bite me. They drew blood. They would punch me. And basically, they just would get violent. And of course, we were trained on how to redirect children from hurting you, what you can do if you do get injured during a session. We were trained on all of this. I was pretty good at blocking for the most part, but there were some times where I was getting my ass kicked by these kids. I remember I worked with this one girl who was 10 years old at the time. I remember she was getting her period at such an early age. So she's very hormonal. And she was nonverbal. And she was a very aggressive child. And I think that was one of the main reasons as to why her mother wanted services was to decrease that aggression. And I understand that decreasing aggression can be understandable And wanting to redirect it because I think it is really inappropriate to constantly be aggressive to get things your way. She just was not in. It's not that she wasn't enjoyable. I didn't mind her sessions. I just always feared having to help her out with showers because that was part of her session was having her take a shower and then helping her get dressed. That is where her aggression got really bad. And so she would try to pretty much beat me up. After she had gone out of the shower while she was trying to change. And it was not fun. Toilet training was also miserable and disgusting. There were some kids that had difficulties with toilet training. And I personally felt like it is not our responsibility to be leading these potty training sessions. The parent needs to be involved with that. So... There was this one girl who I worked with and she was nonverbal and she basically didn't know how to control her bowel movements. So she would shit her pants all the time and she wasn't able to really communicate when she had to go to the bathroom. We had to redirect her to use her AAC device to use her words. So an AAC device is basically... um, a communication device it's usually on an ipad and kids can use a special program where they can type different messages out to communicate to whoever they're trying to communicate to get their message across it is a great way to communicate but a lot of kids who have higher needs are going to struggle with it and i'm saying higher needs and lower needs because I believe the words 
high functioning and low functioning is very harmful to autistic people. And that was something I didn't know when I was in ABA. I didn't realize that people who are part of the autistic community take extreme offense to that language. So I've stopped using the words high functioning and low functioning. I've also learned that people from the autistic community who used to get ABA therapy who are able to communicate and they are verbal and they were saying that their experiences in ABA were absolutely traumatic. And some uh, BCBAs will probably argue saying, well, then they probably had a BT who was performing ABA wrong. And I will say there are some people in ABA who have no business being in the field. But even if it's just standard practice where a BT is trying to do their job as best as they can, I still think that the treatment is absolutely abusive. I truly do think that we are trying to make children more neurotypical and you can't make someone who is neurodivergent to be neurotypical. It just doesn't work like that. I do think there are some good aspects that did help my kiddos like trying to maybe help a kid use a pencil, you know, just basic life skills to help them. I think that was okay. But the reinforcements that we had to do with these children made them feel like it was training a dog. And I found that to be, I don't want to say unethical, but it felt really wrong to basically treat these kids like they're a dog. So What I mean by this is that there's something called positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement. And if a child would follow your demands, you could say great job and you could reinforce them with a treat or maybe a toy or maybe even a break. And um, it was a way to say good job, great following directions, stuff like that. And it just felt like I was treating them like a dog or I was training some sort of animal. And I didn't realize it until after I had left the field because it was just so sickening to me on how we treat children with autism lesser than neurotypical individuals. I truly was blind to it all. And it took me a really long time to wake up and realize the dark side of ABA. But that being said, I've had some really bad experiences with kids. Wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. I wanted to go back to this girl who would shit her pants. So as I mentioned with the AAC device, and I just went off on a whole tangent, I'm so sorry, like working in ABA for two years is so traumatizing. It was so traumatizing for me as it was for the kids. And I could just go on and on and on. But what I'm trying to say is that every like 30 minutes or so, I would have to take this girl to the bathroom. And these sessions with this girl, I would see her, I believe, twice a week. And I would see her for, what was it, four or six hours a day. I believe it was like Wednesdays and Thursdays were the days that I saw this girl. And it was so fucking exhausting to have to take this girl 
every 30 minutes to go to the bathroom to make sure she hadn't shit her pants to help her go to the bathroom so she would go in the toilet. And we had some really bad messes. And if she had an accident, I would have to report it because I was not able to wipe her. I'm not allowed to put my hands on the child. We're not allowed to physically prompt a child. When I first started, we used to. And then I think maybe about a year into me working at this company, we were no longer allowed to do that. And we were no longer allowed to do potty training where we had to wipe the child that used to be a thing where we had to actually physically touch the child maybe put on gloves and help them and it was disgusting I will only wipe my own child's ass when I have kids but I am not going to wipe another child unless if I am babysitting them that's another story but my job is not a babysitter. ABA therapists are not babysitters. It is not my responsibility to be toilet training a child. It is the parent and the school's responsibility to do that. So there were some really bad instances where this girl would have accidents and she would throw tantrums because she was uncomfortable and she didn't know how else to communicate her discomfort when she had shit her pants she was always sent to school with a change of clothes and underwear and we would have to make her change into these clothes to throw away her underwear if it was necessary and it was just a mess and it was exhausting and they would take so much time of the session just to get her to change clothes and to go to the bathroom Working with this client was miserable. And it wasn't the client who was miserable. It's just the process of what I had to do to treat this person. And the fact that I didn't even like the school that I was working at. I felt the children were kind of mean and rude. I didn't really like the faculty. And I had expressed to my uh, program supervisor that I wasn't really happy with this client. And how I was just not being treated fairly by the school at the time. But I stuck it out until the end of the year and then I resigned from that case because I was just so miserable and I felt like my quality of life was just absolutely diminishing. It was exhausting. Being a BT is exhausting, especially when you have a four-hour session. It is, it's so draining. And sometimes... You get really bored as a BT when you have to repeat the same programs over and over again to your kiddos to help them learn. I'm saying that in air quotes. And if you had a client who was difficult, who would always run away from the session, they would tantrum, they would engage in a lot of aggressive or inappropriate behaviors. It just made the session that much more draining. But I will tell you this. Despite how draining and exhausting this job was, I truly did love some of the kids that I worked with. And guess what? I think about them every single day. There were probably three or four memorable clients of mine that I absolutely loved working with. So, so much. There was this one little boy who I worked with who didn't have... Um, as many needs he was very vocal but 
you know, he was a toddler, so he liked to tantrum and cry a lot. But he was so smart. When he was compliant and well-behaved, he was a sweet little boy. He was absolutely hysterical and oh my god this kid is so athletic i see him playing soccer once he gets to middle school um he is a unbelievably intelligent human being i think about him all the time he was one of my first clients and i was really sad when my cases changed i was actually really crushed when scheduling um took him off my client load because I loved working with this kid I started out his program from scratch nobody knew this kid more than I did I had worked with him for over a year and when he was taken away from me I was pretty devastated you can get attached to your kids I definitely got attached to a bunch of the kids that I worked with and I think that was one of the hardest things about saying goodbye to this job was saying goodbye to some of the kids that I worked with because they truly are wonderful, wonderful human beings. I hope when I go back to San Francisco, I get to run into the family again. And shit, I would totally babysit for this kid. Because if you just give the kid what he wants, he will be so happy. So I remember this kid used to be so obsessed with Zootopia. Um, so I would incorporate watching Zootopia as part of like my sessions. And I would just sit and watch the movie with him for about a couple of minutes and I would give him longer breaks if he would follow directions because I had like four hour home sessions with him and we needed to kill the time. And those four hour home sessions, oh my God, those were so, so long. You know, it was fun to work with him when he was in a good mood and he was happy to learn or be there. I really enjoyed this kid a lot. There were times where he could get aggressive and he would tantrum and it wouldn't be pleasant to work with him. But for the most part, I absolutely loved this child and I hope I cross paths with him again one day and I'm curious to know if he'll remember me. I had another little boy that I worked with at his school he was so stinking funny. Oh my God. He was, I believe, in kindergarten when I started working with him. And my friend and I were on this same case together. And he just remembered so many things about my life or things that I told him. God, there are so many things that I told him that still live in his head rent free today. I kid you not. So last year, my friend who was on this case became a paraprofessional at the school that he worked at or that she, that or that we worked at together. I'm so sorry, girl. I did not mean to use male pronouns on you when I said I think when I was saying he, I meant the kiddo that we worked with. But anyway, so she got to still work with him even outside of the BT job. And she told me, hey, this kiddo, um, asked me about your cat and I was like oh my god are you kidding me he remembers me and the fact that I have a cat that's amazing and she was about to do like a therapy not a therapy session but just some sort of session with him because she was his para 
and I said, oh my God, can you please send him this video when you work with him? Because I was going to send a pic, a video of saying hi to him with my cat and be like, here's my cat. Here she is. I miss you, dude. And then when she thought she was going to have that session, the parent canceled. And so he never got to see that video. It was such a missed opportunity. But I feel like it would have made that kid's day so much. But another thing that would live in his head rent free. So there was this one day where it was raining and I was on my way to the school and I was walking and I slipped and I fell. <laughs> What's new with my life? And so during the session, I said, hey, you want to hear something really funny that happened to me? And he goes, what? And I told him how I slipped and fell when I was on my way walking to the school and he remembered it. So every time he would see me, maybe once a week, he'll be like, hey, Alana, remember that time you slipped and fell? <laughs> oh, my gosh. He was hysterical. Truly a funny kid. He also had some aggression and he would also drop the F-bomb a ton. And I literally had to hold back my laughter because I'm not allowed to laugh when kids curse because that gives them attention or it like reinforces their intention. And I had to like ignore it when he cursed. Um, but oh my gosh, he was great. I also worked with this one girl who I did home sessions with and she was super sweet she was nonverbal. She actually enjoyed my sessions. Like she saw it as a play date and she was very well behaved. She didn't elope. She didn't kick, scream or cry. She was really compliant and she actually enjoyed the sessions. I think every now and then you will get a kid that actually will enjoy their ABA sessions and see it as playtime with an adult. And that's great and all, but I still don't believe in ABA. I truly think that there are other options to help treat kids with autism to try to help them be more self-sufficient so they can try to be as independent as they can, but still not trying to change who they are as a person because autism is part of their identity and even if a kid or not just a kid, but somebody who is nonverbal, who's unable to speak up, they probably don't want to change anything about themselves. And so I personally think that ABA is just not a very great way about going about things. But I did, like I said, I did have some positive experiences. I did love the kids, but... The things that I had to do to kids truly sometimes would make them miserable. They would cry. They would get aggressive. And they would communicate when they would say stop. I remember the one kid that I told you about, one of my favorite kids who was really smart um, and athletic. He just completely lost it on me one time. He had a, he had a huge meltdown. And he yelled at me, stop talking, Alana, stop talking. He was five years old and it totally broke my heart when he told me to stop talking. He was so pissed off with the session. He could not take it anymore. 
and I had to get his dad to come over and help me and we had to try to get him to calm down. He was so upset and I just felt awful because I could tell that those feelings were real. He was really upset with me when I was trying to help him calm down and he did not want me to help him calm down. He wanted his dad to do that. But yeah, it it just it broke my heart when he said that. What are some other instances where I've just had kids just truly express how much they hated these sessions? Oh, I had another kid who didn't even need ABA at all. Maybe when I first started, like I tried to help him like be more social because I know he was more shy. If anything, he had a lot of anxiety and he um, just needed a little bit of a push. But I truly thought like my sessions with him were really useless, but they were very easy. Like I kind of got paid to sit around and do nothing with him. But he would say like, why am I doing this? This is so stupid. He was able to communicate just fine. Like he was very verbal. He was in a regular um, general education program at his public school. He had friends. Um, He was very well loved by his peers, actually. So he had no problem telling me when he didn't want to do something or if he needed a break or if he was just like, I don't like this is stupid. Like, why am I doing this? Because he didn't need it. He was right. It's just that his mom was an absolute helicopter parent and was controlling. And we kept trying to tell the mom, your kid does not need these services. And she just like would not listen to us. Just another example. So he was not aggressive ever. Um, Never would hit you. Actually like the sweetest kid. Very sarcastic though. He was a sarcastic little shit. But I fucking loved this kid. He was my longest client. And saying goodbye to him was something that I did not get to do. Because he got sick on my last session with him. And I never got to say goodbye. And I was really crushed by that. But other kids that I ended up saying goodbye to. Was very bittersweet. And at the end of the day. Even though I absolutely hate ABA, I despise it and what just an exhausting, low-paying field it is. I truly was changed by some of these kids. I felt like they changed my life. And I know that there were some kids who may have been somewhat grateful for me, but at the same time, I still sort of feel like I failed my kids. Um, especially when they had the meltdowns and just the tantrums and the aggression and the crying. To me, it just was not worth it. I just felt like I always had to invalidate how my kids were feeling in the moment and that it was all attention seeking. And I felt like I was constantly gaslighting my kids And that didn't sit well with me. And I felt like BCBAs just didn't really care about the kids' needs. They didn't care about the kids' feelings at all. Basically, like, we had to act as an authoritarian over these kids. It was kind of my way or the highway type situation. And we had to force these kids to be at their session when they didn't want to be there. And that's what I absolutely hate about it. 
I just felt like we didn't get to actually listen to what these kids were trying to tell us. And that's why I hate ABA. So I think after about a year, I was so desperate to get out. There was no opportunity to grow at my company. And I did not want to become a BCBA. I did not want to become a program supervisor. I was more interested in maybe actually leaving uh, the behavior side of things and working at the company's office and doing admin stuff. And there were no opportunities to do that at the time. And it really frustrated me because I really wanted that. And I just felt like the people at my company weren't listening to me. And it just made me feel like I wasn't cared about. So it took me a really, really long time to get out of the company. So in 2018, I got a job offer to work at a startup. And then I put in my three weeks notice at the end of the month that I got the offer. And I left right before the winter holidays started. And that was a great way to step away from the company. I have zero regrets leaving ABA. I absolutely am so glad that I did it. It was exhausting. I was burnt out. I was miserable, especially after I lost my car and had to take public transportation in San Francisco everywhere. It was draining and it made my days very long. And I was severely underpaid for what I was doing. I couldn't take it anymore. I needed stability. I really don't recommend trying to be a registered behavior technician as a full-time job. It's just going to be downright impossible because you will lose hours. I think it's definitely best if you want a part-time job. But I personally don't think anyone should do ABA in general. I really encourage you to do your research and see why ABA is such a terrible practice and why autistic people are speaking out against ABA therapy. We need to start listening more to the autistic community and stop gaslighting them and invalidating their feelings. Whether they are verbal or not, we still need to listen to them. And I am ashamed for invalidating my clients' feelings when they were trying to tell me I don't like this. When we said, oh, you just want attention. We need to ignore that. That's not helpful. That's harmful and toxic. And that is why I left ABA. So if you are a BCBA or a BT listening to this, I really encourage you to really think about what I said and do your research. I, I'm not sorry if this offended you. I'm not. I personally think there are better ways to help kids with autism or anyone who is autistic. We need to stop changing people. We need to stop telling them that their stims are bad, that some sort of tics or things that make them more quirkier than others is wrong. I don't like that. It doesn't sit well with me. So I'm curious to know if you've ever been in the ABA field before. What are your thoughts and feelings? Did you like working in it? Did you not like working in it? Feel free to email me at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at shamelesslyunapologetic. 
Guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode and you thought it was insightful. This is my perspective. I am just one person. Some people truly do enjoy working in this field and they find it to be very rewarding. I will say, as much as I enjoyed working with my kids, I truly was unhappy and I just can't believe I put myself through over two years of misery in this field and that it's a very harmful practice. And I'm sure, again, people will disagree with me all they want, but I said what I said, and I'm not going to stand down on my word. So, guys, make sure you give this podcast a good review on Apple Podcast if you are listening to this on Apple. And with that, I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye.